You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. My name is Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 99. In this episode, we'll meet Scott Carson, whose first novel, The Chill, has become a bestseller and was praised by Stephen King, who said that it was one terrific horror suspense disaster novel, characters you root for, and a story that grips you from the first page. Although The Chill is the first novel by Scott Carson, it's not the author's first rodeo in writing best-selling thriller suspense novels. Scott Carson is the pseudonym of Michael Cortia whose novels have appeared on the New York Times bestseller list and who's won or been nominated for prizes and awards such as the Los Angeles Times Book Prize, the Edgar Award, the Seamus Award, the Barry Award, the Quill Award, and the International Thriller Writers Award. We'll talk about uh, writing The Chill with uh, Scott Carson using a pen name and a whole lot more, so stay tuned to that. But before we get to the interview, I wanted to let you know that I have a lot of great interviews recorded with some amazing authors, so I'll, I'll be going back to weekly uh, interviews, to airing weekly interviews on the podcast for the next month or so so stay tuned for a lot of great interviews coming your way this summer and if you enjoy this podcast please do take a moment to leave a review or a rating wherever it is that you're listening to this right now uh, be it on apple podcast or google podcast spotify stitcher wherever the more ratings and reviews i can get will help this uh, podcast rank better in all those post- podcasting directories out there so the more thriller fans can find it so if you've already done that thank you so much i appreciate it um, if you haven't please do take a moment to do that it'll help me get the word out for this podcast all right so here's my interview with scott carson uh, hey everybody this is alan with meet the uh, thriller author and on the phone i have uh, scott carson uh, scott how are you doing this morning i'm i'm doing well thank you appreciate the chance to be here i'm, I'm still getting used to being called scott so bear with <laughs> me on that yeah we'll have to talk about that about uh, changing your name that's going to be a, a, a kind of different uh, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background please yeah, I, um, well, I guess the, the key element here is I wrote 14 books under the name Michael Frieda, and uh, then I decided to um, chase down something I've been thinking about for a long time, really, with, with the pseudonym um, of Scott Carson. And under the Carson name, I'm writing uh, more in the horror genre and specifically anything toward the, the supernatural, you know, the weird side of the world will be fielded by um, Mr. Carson. And on my background, I, I worked as a private investigator and um, a newspaper reporter. What led you to try to use the pen name? Is it just because it's different genres? It, yes. Well, there are, I'd say there are two factors. One being the different genres. I, I had written some supernatural thrillers before, but it's been, it's, it's hard for me to believe, but it's been... Um, almost 10 years since the last time I did that. And from a, just kind of a, a brand clarity standpoint to try to help out booksellers, readers, publishing, um, everyone, it, it made sense. And then on a more personal level, I've, I've always wanted, I like the idea of the pseudonym. I, I think it's very appealing. I, I would guess most writers feel that way and have at least entertained the notion. Um, a little bit so it allows me to have some fun with that and it also gives me the chance to have a name that people can actually say and pronounce and spell it's, it's a unique change of, of pace from Carita to Carson <laughs> yeah well I will admit Scott Carson was uh, easier to pronounce than uh, 
uh, Corita. Even though I'm looking at it, I'm still getting to get tripped up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're proving the theory. I, I love it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so can you tell us uh, can you tell us about the plot, the, the, your, your, your latest novel, and the Scott Carson is The Chill. Can you tell us about that? The, the concept for The Chill actually came from an article I read in the New York Times in, I think it was April of 2016. And it was recapping, um, this is, feels all too close to home right now, but it was recapping a disaster preparedness meeting that the city of New York had had. And they were essentially wargaming different scenarios um, from weather disasters to terrorist acts. And there was a reference to the mayor's office leaving uh, shaken by the threat of the collapse of one of the two water tunnels, hundred-year-old water tunnels that feed the, the five boroughs from uh, reservoirs upstate in the Catskills. And this entire idea was new to me, not being a native New Yorker. Um, so it, it just it, it stuck in my mind. And then I found a photo archive that the New York City Public Library maintains of the construction of these reservoirs and the little villages that used to exist um, and places that, you know, at this point have been underwater for generations. And there was something about those photographs that just, they were so compelling to me. And, and it told a story that spanned two different eras and two different cultures. Um, and when I, when I begin to think about that type of story, I find myself drawn toward the supernatural and toward the ghost story because there is no genre where the past and the present are more actively joined than in a ghost story. Yeah, and it's a, the, I was looking at your, the cover of your, of your book is really great. I really, uh, with that very ominous <laughs> in the background. Where do you come up with the, uh, the, uh, the, the characters? Can you tell us a little bit about the characters in the chill? Sure. I, I wanted it to feel, again, multi-generational. I wanted to have the weight of the past um, as active in the present as possible. And so I, I looked at it as a family story, and particularly um, with parent-child relationships. So we have uh, Deshaun Ryan, who is a, um, they're called Sandhogs, working in Queens, and he's actually working on the construction of Water Tunnel Number Three, which is a very real project, um, still not fully completed. And his daughter Gillian works with the city's uh, DEP, um, Environmental Protection Police, patrolling the reservoirs upstate. And then we have um, Steve Ellsworth, who is the sheriff in my fictional upstate county, Torrance County, and his son Aaron, who uh, just washed out of the training program for Coast Guard rescue swimmers and has returned home and, and is just, he's sort of self-imploding. So we pick up at a moment where Steve is bonding Aaron out of jail um, and he sort of challenges Aaron to go back to this reservoir called the Chilliwaukee and the, the locals nickname it the Chill. And Challenge it, taunts him a little bit to see if he can prove himself in the way that he used to. And so Aaron returns to the waters of the chill um, and promptly has an encounter that is both terrifying in his reality and 
then also adds the layer of our, our first brush with the supernatural at that moment. Is that a reserve? Is it uh, an actual place or is that uh, fictionalized? Um, it is based on many of the real reservoirs, um, but it, it's fictional in the town. The town of Galesburg and Torrance County are, are all fictional. Um, with that said, I, I, I was so immersed in the research for this one that in some ways the, uh, the fictional places are probably <laughs> more accurate than, you know, some, some of the books I've written where I thought that I was occupying a real place. How much research did you do beforehand, like before you actually started to write? What was your research process like? For this one, it was a lot. I mean, there, there's so much there. There's such a rich trove of documents. And each each reservoir comes with its own history of um, acquisition battles and eminent domain fights and different towns that were wiped out. And um, then there's, of course, the city construction and you know, what this water is doing in different areas of the city, what um, the reality of the threat of an infrastructure collapse is, changes dramatically in different areas of New York. So the engineering of it all fascinated me, and the idea of entire towns being um, wiped off the map, is, it's fascinating to me and very powerful, because when you think about human identity and, and the way we the way we even introduce ourselves, you know, in conversation with a stranger, you think about the first questions that come up. It's often, where, where are you from? You know, where are you from? What do you do? Those, those questions are so innately tied to the way we see ourselves and the way others see us. And so the idea of having a component of that just completely removed, I found so fascinating and so compelling. If someone asked me, where are you from? And the place, my, you know, my hometown, the idea of it being at the bottom of a lake um, is just very powerful. So it, it drew me in on a research level in a way that I think few other books that I've written never have. And what's your writing process once you get started uh, to move on to the actual writing the, uh, the novel? Do you like usually have like set hours? Do you have worldly, uh, word count goals? How does your process work? Yeah, I have, I have word count goals. I, I don't. I don't have set hours, but I end up gravitating toward a routine. Um, you know, I like to work out in the morning, usually with an audio book. That helps me sort of get into the mindset of, um, I think, the rhythm and cadence of language. And then I'm writing late morning through mid-afternoon. And sometimes when I'm really going well on a book or fighting with a book, um, I'll, I'll come back into a second shift pretty late at night when there's less potential for intrusion from reality. Um, and I try to hit 1,500 words every day with the knowledge that because I don't outline and I'm figuring out where the book is going as a very active process, I'm going to have a very messy first draft and I'm going to end up cutting a lot of what I write. So um, trying to be, trying to just keep rolling the boulder up the mountain is, is pretty crucial for me. I'm always, always curious about the tools, too. Do you use uh, Word or some other writing process and software? Yeah, I've always used Word. I mean, I can remember, I guess, going way back, I remember WordPerfect. Um, but it's been a long time since I've used anything but Word. 
And then I, I mean, I, I keep notebooks going throughout the process where I'm, you know, jotting down ideas. Um, sometimes looking forward very often, it's looking backward. It's the idea of, okay, during rewrites, come back to this thing that you missed or this thing that you didn't give enough attention to. Um, and so the, I, the notebooks are freehand, but all, all of the prose writing I do is um, on the computer. And I uh, was uh, someone I was doing a, a little background on on the, for the interview that your f- first novel was accepted for publication when you were just twenty years old. So you have did you have you always wanted to be a writer? Yeah, that was for as long as I have been reading. I have wanted to write. I, there was never any separation to me. I just I loved I loved books. I loved stories, and particularly of the suspense genre so it was something I, I always wanted to do and I had the really good fortune of having some great mentors um, particularly a, a man named Bob Hamill who was a um, internationally renowned sports writer who I met at, at just the right time I met Bob as he was retiring from the day-to-day grind of covering sports and, um, and he was willing to give me so much more time than i possibly could have asked and certainly more than I deserved and I think that had everything to do with my chance to publish young and what was it like publishing or getting your uh, first novel published at such a young age yeah uh, right now looking back it's very odd to, re- to realize that I had pub- I published two books in almost 10 languages before I graduated um, from undergrad and oh wow that seems that seems absolutely surreal now when you're 19, 20, 21, everything, I think just feels very immediate. It's it sort of an, it is what it is mentality. And, um, I don't know if, I mean, I certainly understood that it was an unusual opportunity and I was unusually fortunate, but the, the perspective on just what a, what an advantage that was. I think it, it took a little bit of time for that to really land on me. And were you always a fan of the uh, of the horror, suspense thriller genre uh, before you started writing in it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess in my mind, I've always been writing in it. Um, you know, even as a kid is what I what I gravitated toward. But um, my, my father was a big, like, film, film geek, particularly... Film noir and then Alfred Hitchcock, you know, like so. I grew up as a as a really young kid, you know. I, I while other kids were probably watching cartoons, I was watching Humphrey Bogart movies and Hitchcock movies. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, that that kind of does apparently bleed through because the genre was something that at you know at nineteen and twenty years old, I, I had a pretty deep working knowledge of not just the contemporary thriller writers, but of, um, you know, Chandler and uh, obviously Chandler Hammett, but then, uh, you know, I think some of the more to, to my generation obscure types, Davis Grubb, you know, I don't know um, how many 18 year olds had read the night of the hunter or seen the movie. Um, so I, I came from this like old school film sort of self-education. I thought you got a, you had a 
great blurb from uh, Stephen King for your from for your book. <laughs> how did that? How did that? Uh, that must have been kind of surreal to get the, that from Stephen King himself. Yeah, it's uh, he actually he posted one for the chill in a in a tweet that um, I cannot tell you that the pleasant surprise feeling that was. Um, he's been he has been so generous to me now for. I mean, really a, a decent amount of my career. Uh, he was still writing a column for Entertainment Weekly when I published a book called The Cypress House, and that's been, oh, 12 years now, 11, 12 years. And he gave um, The Cypress House a very favorable review in Entertainment Weekly, and then um, has and he's continued to be very supportive um, as the years have gone by, and I, I cannot overstate what that means to have a writer at that level uh, who's such an icon and has such a massive fan base and reach. Um, the idea that he's in the corner of newer writers and lesser known writers uh, says an enormous amount about the, the type of person he is. Yeah, that's great to paint it forward. Um, so it's, uh, it's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yes, he, he has been consistent. With that, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm one of a bunch of writers who've benefited from it. But yeah, there's there's nothing more uh, surreal in the moment than learning that you know the guy who wrote The Shining and The Stand uh, and The Outsider is um, reading your work, let alone willing to publicly support it. it. It's it means a lot. When you start writing your books, do you just I do you do it Stephen King style? You sit down and write, or do you do a big outline? <laughs> Nope, I only, yeah, I can only do the sit down and write. I, if I couldn't outline to save my life. Um, there have been a few times on, you know, like script projects where you're forced to, and I realize it's just not, it, it's not a process that is natural to me, and I, I'm not creatively strong in the outline format. Um, I, I'm much better when I'm in sort of lockstep with my characters and I'm discovering the book um, almost as they are you know I, I, I think I see about two or three chapters out in front but not much more than that and so what are you working on now uh, right now I am well behind deadline of a uh, of a book under under my own name and actually I'm hoping to be to be done with it this weekend um, I had hoped to be done last weekend but it's been it has been a challenging couple of weeks uh, for writing with yeah. You know, constant jarring and, and shocking news. And I think I'm just now able to get into a little bit more of a return to a more of a routine. Yeah, the last couple of weeks have been like right out of a out of a Stephen King novel <laughs> or a Scott Carson novel. Yeah, exactly. It, it was tough for it, it still is, but yeah, I'm, I'm figuring it out. It was tough in those early days to be watching the news and then say, okay, I'm going to shift gears to the fictional problems of my fictional people. Um, but then what I realized as the days went on as a, as an audience member, as a reader, I was craving fiction. You know, I wanted that escape, not from, not just from reality, but it's the wonderful sense of being able to connect with someone and the empathy you feel for, um, a fictional character. It's, a, it's such a powerful magic. And I feel like a lot of people right now are 
you know, maybe who haven't even picked up books in weeks or months are, are picking up books right now. And uh, I think it's, it will truly help us all. I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to solve them. So is this a, is the chill is it is it a standalone novel or is it going to be part of a series or is... the chill will be a standalone? Um, I've already the the next Scott Carson novel. I've already got a working concept of what that will look like, and uh, I'm really I'm very excited about that. So I'm I'm eager to dive into it. I could be working on that hopefully by I would say sometime next month. So before I let you go, do you have any advice for aspiring writers that are listening? Yeah, beyond the obvious, uh, which it should be obvious, you know, read a lot and read widely. Um, I guess there are always some books that I recommend. Stephen King's On Writing is a huge one, but I think everyone's going to find their way to that. Um, there's a book that came out just uh, last year uh, called Dryer's Usage, which is sort of a it's a witty and contemporary refreshing of some of the principles you would find in Strunk and White or like Zinzer's on writing well. And I just, I think that book is an excellent um, one for any aspiring writer to pick up because I think it's easy to find inspiration when you're starting out. Um, that the fact that anyone wants to write a book at all suggests that they are inspired. Um, what is crucial is learning the fundamentals. It's, you know, okay, when do I use this wrench versus that wrench? Um, it really is that, that kind of technical approach. So I think reading some, some books, uh, Roy Peter Clark has several excellent books, one just called Writing Tools. Um, so finding those books that are more about the fundamentals of craft and taking the responsibility to learn craft as seriously as you do the inspiration of character and story. I I think that's really important. All right, great. So The Chill is uh, available now. Uh, uh, Do you have a website or where uh, listeners can find you? Yeah, you can go to uh, scottcarsonbooks.com or michaelcarita.com. And Carita is K-O-R-Y-T-A. And you should be able to find me there, Facebook, Twitter. I'm told even Instagram, but I don't know. I'm still figuring that out. So, you know, one, one, one medium at a time, I will slowly try to conquer them all. Yes, that's a good way of, uh, of, of looking at that, of, of handling that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, always, I'm, I'm going to be one behind at all times. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I keep hearing TikTok yeah, all the time now. I was like, what, another one now? <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, that, that's the thing. By the time I feel caught up, it's already outdated. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, And uh, the the listeners go uh, pick up the chill. And uh, well, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now, I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.